Hey, you came back this week. Okay, then, let's speak more geek. This is the Geek Speak Show. Get ready to speak geek. Featuring interviews with the movers and shakers in geek culture. Hi, I'm Chris Hardwick. I'm not a fact sheet. Hey, this is Todd McFrank. I'm Zach Whedon. Hi, this is George Genty. The Geek Speak Show is powered by GeekTyrant.com, GameTyrant.com, MightyVille.com, Ramascreen.com, and Zergnet.com. Geek is spoken here. They're listening. You're consuming. You're watching with your ears. Oh, just listen. Here are the hosts of the Geek Speak Show, Henry San Miguel and Rachel Rossini. Okay, so you can tell by the music what we're going to do, that and the fact that we talked about it all last week. Welcome to the Geek Speak Show. Of course you do. Welcome to the Geek Speak Show, the special show. Star. Okay, Rachel, we'll do it. Star Wars versus Star Trek. Although it's really Star Thank Trek you. versus Star Wars. And no. we've all been into darkness. We've all been in, and came out of it as into conness. We'll get into spoilers. That's a warning there uh, at the end of the show. But this is we're not going to do. You know, we have lightsabers. You have you have the Millennium Falcon. I have the Enterprise. I have. The, we're not going to get into that. Maybe we'll try not to. We'll try to. We'll try to keep it on topic. But <laughs> it happens sometimes. But you know. Yeah, those of you who were there a couple months ago, it feels like years ago. But it was just a couple months ago at WonderCon Anaheim 2013. On Friday was a very cool, very fun panel called The Psychology of Star Trek versus Star Wars. And two doctors, real doctors, they actually play them in real life. They, they were there on, on the panel along with other experts. And they talked about the psychology behind Star Trek and Star Wars and how they handle villains, how they handle artificial intelligence, things like that. We were in the audience. Rachel kept turning to me and said, I, no, no, I, this, no, that, making her points there. And, and, you know, she kept talking about it all Friday. And I said, you know what? Why don't we do it on the show? And she thought about it. And, of it course, I was sold. Cause. For, yeah, you thought about it for two nanoseconds. And said, yeah, okay, yeah, let's do it. Uh, the panel, the, the, the two real doctors are Dr. Ali Matsu, and, and he, he takes the Trek side, and Dr. Andrea Letamendi. And she's on with Rachel because they've become the best of friends. Even though I got, I got to tell you, though, Rachel, uh, you know, she's. You guys can follow her at Arkham Asylum Doc. Andrea, welcome to the Geek Speak Show. She is actually a big fan of the dark side. Hey, I we, am. <laughs> we all like both. The point is, which side do we take? And uh, she happens to be on my side. <laughs> well, thank you guys for having me. I'm super excited to be on your show today. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And like I said. On the Trek side, usually for the panel, is Dr. Ali Matu, and he'll probably do it again if they do it at Comic-Con. And we did invite him, but you know, I said, you know what? Let me bring the big photon torpedoes. And I said, who better to be on here than J.J. Abrams? But he was a little busy. <laughs> Whatever. He would be on my side. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, in a couple of years, maybe. So, I said, you know, the next best thing, Roddenberry. The name Roddenberry and Star Trek are synonymous with each other, obviously. So you, you've heard him on before many times. Rod Roddenberry back on the Geek Speak Show. Hey, Rod, welcome back. Hey, guys, it's great to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you could settle for me. <laughs> <laughs> we never settle for you. It's, it's always fun having you here. Uh, oh, so, you know, like I said, Rod and I will take the Trek side. Drea and Rachel will take the Star Wars side. And, you know, it may, it may turn into, you know, what it is on the panel. We have lightsabers. Yeah, but we have lightsabers. If it does, it does. But we're going to try to stay on topic. So 
let's get Stay right into target. it. Yeah, mo- some of these questions came from you guys. Thanks for that. You know, you you, you can and also you're going to be involved again afterwards. We're going to post it up. We're going to leave it there. We're not going to decide who won, who didn't win, even though at WonderCon Star Trek won, right, Rachel? No, they cheated. <laughs> I, that's not even fair. <laughs> And that was even with most of us at work, as somebody said in the beginning of the panel. <laughs> uh, no, but you, you guys, listeners, you, you, you guys can listen to it. Rod, you tweeted out. Drea, you tweeted out. Rachel, all of us, all our listeners, let them know that it's there. We'll take your votes and say, hey, you guys made good points for the Star Trek side, for the Star Wars side. We'll tally them up. Actually, you know, we'll have Joel. He's, he's not even here today, but we'll have him go ahead and do it. And, and then we'll have a ceremony I- on Yavin 4. Yeah, and give it to I definitely think there were better people to get, uh, at least when it comes to me, as far as uh, defending these shows, because I, I, I like them both, but uh, we'll, we'll see how this comes out. Yeah, so, so without further ado, let's get into it. So the first one is, which, which, of the, which of the universes has the better villains? The, go ahead, Rad, tell, tell us what you think. No, no, I, it depends on, you know, there's, there's the... The two main differences between Star Trek, well, there's many, but at least when it comes to villains, you know, there's black and white villains. There's just the bad guy. There's evil, you know, using the dark side of the force. But then there can also be uh, the bad guy that you empathize with. You know, I keep going from like, let's just say Vader, who I will admit in Jedi, you know, there was good within him. So I don't want to make him just black and white, but he was pretty much just evil. Um, I'm going to jump to the Horda which I'm not saying is my number one villain, but the Horda, you know, in the end you learn it's a mother protecting its young. So it starts off as the bad guy or the evil thing, but then you realize the devil in the dark was not the Horda. The devil in the dark was humanity. We were the ones that were attacking this thing without trying to understand what it was. And uh, once we did that, we realized that we really weren't that different in terms of what we would do to protect our children. So, Best villains, I, I will definitely say, not because my father created it, but I will say Star Trek because there's countless episodes and countless shows where there is depth, there is there are many dimensions to the bad guy. Q uh, really wasn't that bad of a guy, necessarily. You know, yeah, I, I actually, I have to agree with Rod in the sense that the best villains are the ones that actually show elements of humanity. And, um you know, this actually was a topic, villains was like one of the the biggest topics from the panel. And I do have to say just, you know, full disclosure that I know that there have been a lot of these sort of, you know, Star Wars versus Star Trek battles where they go into like the physics or astronomy or, you know, various technologies. Um, And when it comes down to the psychology, when it comes down to comparing the psychological science of both franchises, they both actually do a really fantastic job of creating these really dynamic, very complex characters when it comes to villains. I would actually say, now we know that in Jedi, of course, Anakin Skywalker, a.k.a. Darth Vader, um, for the most part in the original trilogy, sort of represents, I mean, he's all in black, he's masked, he represents this, you know, this um, terrifying, just like Rachel was saying before the show, this horrific, terrifying villain. But I will mention that what, if anything, what the prequels gave us was this, you know, developmental 
psychological backstory that tells us that actually this guy was born fairly kind and and okay. He was, you know, we see him as a kid and we see him growing up and what made him into a villain was actually these, all this adversity, traumatic stressors, loss, death of people close to him. He lived in a world where it was unsafe. He lived in a world that was, it, to him, um, uh, horrifying and, and terrifying and evil. And so he turned into this, you know, this character that embodied that. And so I will say Star Wars because, you know, once you give us that, that backstory, then you see that there is this dynamic villain that does represent a realistic trajectory, a realistic development of, uh, of evil. Rachel, you want to jump in? Yeah. Okay. So, so you guys went, went one side of that and, and a little deeper and whatever. I'm, I'm going to go a little bit more into, uh, in, into the, the present day stuff. So the villains in both sides, they, you know, both of them have pretty good ones, but all, all I have to do to make wars win is say Boba Fett. We have bounty hunters and we have, we have Darth Vader and Darth Maul and Admiral Thrawn, and if you go to any convention, even if it's the Big Wow Comic Fest uh, that, that was just happening this weekend, um, there are so many Star Wars villains, more, more than there are um, anything else, I think, that people are dressing up as, that have the shirts as, that they, that they say, this is my favorite. Um, so if, if we're talking about better villains, we, we win. We, we, I'll, I'll say we have cooler so villains. Star Wars definitely has much cooler villains. I, Better I, I outfits. Give that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Darth, Darth Maul was a badass. There's not a single villain in Star Trek that I can think of that I would say is badass. So, it, yeah, it really depends on which Definition. direction you're coming at this from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I'm going to go out with Rod, not just because he's on my team, but because I've, I've, always, I've always liked the, the Star Trek villains because of that. They always, they've always had some sort of twist in them, and, and sometimes it makes us look at ourselves. Because like, like Rod said with, with the Devil in the Dark episode, we, it forces us to look as, at us. Like, what, what are we doing wrong? We, we, right away, just because we don't understand it or because it looks like a monster, it has to be bad, evil. But the reality is, like Rod said, it's, it's only a mother protecting its young. And there's a lot of instances. Next Generation did that also. Voyager, not so much. It tried to. Uh, but but that's the beauty of the Star Trek episodes. And, and not so much into the movies because, you know, they're, they're different. But, but even Khan a little bit. If you look at it from his point of view, the, the original Khan, not, not the new one, there was a reason for his wrath. There was a, 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 there was a reason for him hating Kirk so much. And it's because to him, you know, he's protecting the people that he cared the most. He blamed them for the death of his wife and all of that. So it's a little deeper. The Star Trek villains go a little bit deeper. But, you know, for coolness, yeah, I'll give it to you, Rachel. Star Wars has the coolest ones. So. All right. So up next, we have uh, which universe has the better selection of weapons? Oh, so now that came from Rachel. I, I gotta say, I, I think it's unfair because when we hear that, how can you be cooler than that? That's well, the lightsaber, though. I mean, I you know, I'm, I'm trying to look at this objectively. The lightsaber is probably the most known weapon. Um, I'd say even more than a phaser. Um, but that's that's a really good question. Well, you know, I, I'm. 
I was going to say, I'm thinking large scale. I'm thinking the biggest weapon there is, which is the Death Star. Now, we know that, what was it, Genesis um, can destroy planets or can both destroy and create planets, Mm -hmm. which is is kind of, I have to say, maybe the superior weapon is the one that can both destroy and create planets. But um, I I don't know that you can top the Death Star. It's time-saving, too. Create and destroy. (laughs) Well, and yeah. better selection. So overall, so you can pull from from everything. Yeah, well, well what, what, let's name them. I'm, it's a good question. I don't know what Star Wars has. The Death Star it has a lightsaber. It's got the uh, the the gun, laser gun. What else is there? For Star Wars, they, yeah, the lightsabers. They have the uh, what is it called? The Rachel, the the Tusken Raiders. The thing, the. Gaffy uh, stick, I think it is called. Yep, the gaffy stick. That's right. Um, you you have all sorts of different blasters and and um, put together uh, weapons from all of the bounty hunters. Can uh, we technically you- say the rancor is a weapon because Jabba kind of used him like a weapon? <laughs> I think that's no. fair. <laughs> I I will take that one. Okay. Um, I would also include you know the astromech, uh, any any R two, um, electrical shock. Yeah, any kind of like Swiss Army version of, of having various uh, weaponry. And if, and if we're gonna use the rancor, then we we also have to use the Wookie because you know. Yes. <laughs> well, no. let the Wookie win. Yeah, now we're going a little too far. <laughs> what does Star Trek have? We have the Phaser One. We have the Phaser Two. I mean, they're both little phasers, I guess. Um, you know, of course, we have the ships with photon torpedoes and, and there are multiple sorts of different kinds of lasers. Um, what else put, do we have in Star Trek? You can put the phaser to overload and use it as a bomb. Well, we can we can keep. Yes, we can definitely keep going down that road. Uh, I, I don't know if self-destruct counts either. But <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to go a little crazy. Um, data is a, a, I wouldn't call him a weapon, but uh, yeah, we I. I don't know. I would go with a draw on this one, but... Um, oh, wait, you forgot one. Vulcan Death Pinch. Yeah, the there, de- yeah. There, there you go. There you go. That counts. We might have to refine the question on this one just to give <laughs> us some stronger parameters. Okay, let me ask it like this. Which weapon from, from either universe would you rather own? <gasps> oh. Oh. Well, I already own like not, 10 not, lightsabers. Well, I was going to say, so. not a prop. I mean, an actual functioning weapon. Oh, you're right. A lightsaber you could use to cut uh, bread and cheese and it, it, what, <laughs> the cut and toast it at the same time. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, we should say before you guys answer. It. No, before you guys answer, we should say this is just imagination. We wouldn't actually use the weapons for anything. <laughs> <laughs> Although I might stun you, Henry, every once in a while if I had a, a phaser. <laughs> you know, I like, st- you know what? I'm going to go with the phaser because you just said it. The fact that you can just <laughs> stun people. I'm not just trying to be humane about it, but it would be fun at parties. It would be, you know, it's, it would be awesome. Just a I light have, stun. Yeah. I have to agree. I, I, I'm sorry I'm crossing over to the other side, but uh, that would be, I think, more convenient than to, I mean, you know, a double-sided lightsaber is a little bit cumbersome to carry around. <laughs> There'd be accidents all over the place. <laughs> exactly. Well, just think if you're in the car and you break out your lightsaber, you don't realize that it's like longer than the roof and it puts a hole in the roof of your car. It's, it's like just inconvenient at times. Instant sunroof. Yeah. See, I'm still going to have to go with the saber, though, because I, I would, of course, practice and, and be a master at it. And then no one could really stop me. It'd be awesome. Practice makes perfect. <laughs> Till you go up against Stray and I. Dark side is always better. You know that. <laughs> like Henry, said, what you had... about you? What's that? Which one are you picking? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the lightsaber, too, but double bladed lightsaber specifically. Okay. I, I, I know I would just hurt myself with one of those. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's there's the weapons. 
Now, which universe has the better, kind of the same, kind of the better vehicles? Uh, Wait, so do you mean vehicles or, or aircraft or spacecraft? I don't know. That's a Rachel question. What do you mean specifically? Well, I was going to leave it open to uh, what we wanted to do. Um, generally, we go with spacecraft. And then if there's if there's a, a regular vehicle that we wanted to throw in for extra points here and there, we could do that. Yeah, because Star Trek doesn't really have land speeders. We have right. shuttlecraft, but that's about it. Right. So we're going to go with spacecraft specifically, and then we can add in if we needed to. Well, if you saw the new movie, um, I might jump in and say Star Trek, just because I feel like in the new movie there were cars, there were planes, there were cargo things. There were, there's so many flying, hovering crafts in Star Trek now. Um, but, you know, I just can't recall everything in Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, it kind of looked like Coruscant at the end of Into Darkness. And that thing yeah, it that did. Were, they were jumping on. Yeah, but it, you know, again, but you know, with Star Trek, you, you you really only have the Enterprise and the other the rest of the ships, and the shuttlecraft, and that's it. And I don't mean to defend the other side here, but I mean the Enterprise is a pretty legit ship, so. Yeah. They have an entire with Starfleet. They've got tons of ships. I, it sounds like I'm just defending Star Trek. I guess it's just because I've seen the movie recently. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, trying to think about Star Wars. Star Wars has, unless you read the the fan fiction and the books and the comics, if you've only seen, well, we'll call it the six movies, but if you've only seen the six movies, you, you've got a limited pool to some degree. Yeah, was- oh, they did have that really cool silver ship. Actually, what's the one that the princess had in the first movie? The like, yeah. Naboo Royal Starship. That yeah. was that was a pretty badass looking ship. <laughs> And you can so fix your makeup the, on it, the too. Jedi star, the Jedi Starfighters are actually really awesome, too. So if if you go into all the different ones that they have, um, and even if you look at episode one, if we're talking about that, um, you, you yeah. have some droid ships that are that are pretty cool, too. No, you're right. You're yeah, right. I, don't, I don't want to sway the audience, but you know, I think we're going to give it to Star, to Star Wars on this one. Because right. all four of us, I think we can agree, how many of us would love to ride a speeder bike? <laughs> That's pretty I, cool. I, I want to drive the Millennium Falcon. Although, Rod, in LA traffic, I don't think we can actually do that, ride the speeder bike. Yeah, right. I was going to jump in and say this, the Sith speeder, uh, you know, Darth Maul's Sith speeder is um, a, a favorite of mine. Yeah, speaking of LA traffic, just blow it out of the way. Get yeah, the way. exactly. <laughs> okay, so there is, again, didn't mean to sway you guys on that one, but... There it is. So the next one is the which of the two, of the two franchises franchises which one has had the biggest influence on humanity as a whole? Oh come on! Oh, but what what sort of influence <laughs> though? Is this people dressing up in costume, or are you talking about positive impact? Yeah, again, Rachel, that's one of yours. Well, hey, so what what I was basing this on was how many people say you know Trek is my favorite favorite show, favorite thing, or Wars is my favorite thing, or I own a bunch of stuff because I love it or I went into film because of this or things like that influencing people's lives yeah well, you know I, I, actually you know Rod not, not to interrupt you guys but Rod you, you your dad and you actually have pretty good stories from astronauts about Star Trek so you, you want to talk about that oh here's the the difficulty I have with this question is that if the question is how many people ha- know about one of these things and and 
are entertained by it and may own a prop or a costume or may go to conventions. I might actually give it to Star Wars because I think Star Trek, uh, Star Wars has a larger reach than Star Trek in terms of all the kids out there, in terms of all the adults, all the people who saw it in, in the 70s or late whatever, uh, 79. What was the first one? 79? Whatever. 77. 77. So I would almost give it, I'd say Star Wars has the largest reach, has the largest impact in terms of people knowing about it and being and thinking it's a cool movie. Um, Star Trek, I think, has the deepest impact. I think that's the one that has, you know, touched the lives and has influenced people to believe themselves and become things that they never thought they could. I'm not saying that's the only thing Star Trek does. Star Trek can just be entertaining as well. But, um, you know, it's amazing how many people I've met from all over the world uh, who have come up to me and said that Star Trek inspired me to do this or that, whether it's uh, seeing over overcoming a handicap or seeing through a handicap or becoming an astronaut. Um, the stories I've never I don't want to say that's impossible with Star Wars, but I've never heard that with Star Wars. Um, so I, I'll definitely give that side of it to Star Trek. Same yeah, I, I absolutely agree on, in the sense that it depends on what you mean by by the impact. As far as a scientific impact, I think that Star Trek, you know, definitely, uh, you know, takes that. Um, as far as sort of numbers goes or fandom goes, I do I do feel like I run into more people that that like Star Wars more. Um, but it has to I mean, I, I think that has to do with a lot of things. They're not I mean, this goes back to the fundamental problem with comparing these two things just on a basic level that in my mind, they, they kind of they represent, you know, two different things when it comes to yep. the impact on us or the impact on humanity that I always felt like Star Wars was this. You know, I always say Star Trek is about social psychology. Star Trek is about, um, you know, societies and worlds and how they work together. And, and we should be mindful of these things. Whereas Star Wars is sort of like the individual psychology. What is one person capable of, you know, thinking of Luke Skywalker um, or Anakin Skywalker, or, you know, any of these characters that it really has to do with individual psychology. And that can be particularly inspiring, which is why I think that that sort of builds fans who doesn't want to hold a lightsaber and say that they can save the galaxy. Whereas again, Star Trek has this more, I guess, public impact about, you know, sort of forcing us to think about um, humanity and think about our future and think about how, you know, sort of like Ron said, deeper issues that um, may be more realistic issues that is less of an escapism, I would say, than Star Wars is. Star Trek is a real, sorry, to, I, I won't let the rest of you talk, but I, I think Star <laughs> Trek really is, that could be a future for us. Um, right. Some of us might be more pessimistic about who we are and what we're doing as a species. And believe me, I have my, my days of that as well. But it's not so far out of the realm of possibility that we could live in a future like that. I'm not saying it has to have Starfleet. I'm just saying we could be those better people, still making plenty of mistakes, but being willing to make those mistakes and learn from them. Star Wars, uh, I don't mean to diminish it by calling it just entertainment, but I think you did say it pretty well just now. I mean, it, it is entertainment. It is more of a personal psychology. But for me, and this is going to sound like I'm, well, I'm Gene Roddenberry's son. So for me, Star Wars is fun, entertainment. Um, I'm not sure you can come away with too much except for I want to be, I want to do the right thing. I want to be, I want to do the right, whatever right is. Absolutely. Which is why I think that Star Wars helps you forget and Star Trek makes you remember. 
and oh, that well and you can, you can love, say, yeah well put you can love both of them equally because of that you know that difference I, I like that line. You're going to hear me say that line some point. Yay! I like that. Stolen. <laughs> that is very totally good. stolen. Drea, that um, should be the next t-shirt on her universe. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll tell Ashley. She'll love it. Oh, you so were going to say, I'm Rachel? I'm going to go with... Uh, yeah. Well, so the, the Star Trek influence, I think that's influenced a lot of technology. Um, you know, to, to Rod's point, that's some, something that we can see our our world being in, uh, in a short time. Um, I think a lot of people that get into vehicles that get into, um, even, even writing, uh, have Star Trek as a basis for a lot of things. So your, your points all kind of tie into that. Um, but I do think that Star Wars influences more of the creatives, um, than anything else. If, if you have artists and, you know, filmmakers and, um, novelists and all of those, they all will say at some point that Star Wars influenced the way that they write or something that they do or, or a creative thing in them. Um, so I, I think that influencing people as a whole, there's more creatives that have been influenced by that. And there's, there's a lot of creative people. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I can see that. So again, th- there's that one. Uh, moving on to the next one now is which of the universes handles artificial intelligence better? Mm. <laughs> that better. actually came from the panel, Drea. It did. I mean, I, I tend to think. I mean, of course, there's a whole bunch of literature and, and folks who are experts in AI. And um, when I talk about the difference between, you know, artificial intelligence between Star Wars and Star Trek, I mainly refer to the psychological aspect that when it comes to human interaction with artificial intelligence, which one deals with that relationship or the challenges better? And, you know, if you take Star Wars, you have, surely you have all these droids, cyborgs, you know, humans and aliens sort of working together, all the diverse types of of beings, interacting. And interestingly, the droids are always distinctly robotic in in appearance and in their presentation. And I'd like to think that Star Wars actually understands this theory of what people call the uncanny valley. And I mentioned this at the panel. The uncanny valley is, you know, this scientific notion that comes from the fields of robotics and psychology in that, um, there's this this idea that you know human replicas like androids when they start to act and look almost exactly as humans do it actually creates this revulsion and disgust in terms of our emotional response you know when it comes to human reaction to them and so as a robot becomes more human we as humans become increasingly um, sort of distant and and disgusted by it it's it's this sort of scientific phenomenon so. I'd like to think that, you know, R2-D2 and C-3PO, of course, these are very, you know, um, recognized machines. They're humanoid robots. At least C-3PO, of course, is a humanoid robot. So theoretically, you know, we should have this sort of interactional or emotional response to him. But you take data and data is almost too human. So I sort of, you know, I posited this at the panel that data being too human-like should sort of create this this distance and and. I'm confused as to why all the crew on the bridge and on the Enterprise are, are sort of interacting with him so normally. There should be more of a confusion and more of an emotional sort of like distancing with him. But we don't find that that's the case. Uh, no, I, 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 um, I think I 
I see, I know exactly what you're saying, and I've heard about that Valley comment before. Um, I, I think the Star Wars one is sort of what we thought about robots in the 70s and 80s. We, we weren't really making the conclusions, well, at least that some of us are making now, where that robots are definitely going to be more Android-esque because we're going to start putting enhancements in ourselves. And I, and I think we will be making robots. I think we are making robots already that are very humanoid. And I am concerned, though, what you said, that there will be a dark side in our future where there will be this, uh, was it an AI? Oh, the actual movie AI, where they yeah. had this uh, something of flesh, this carnival of yes, flesh where yeah, they destroy. Totally. Yeah, so they take all these androids and they, they destroy them because they're scared of them. Also, um, uh, I didn't read the book, but uh, what's, what's the, the Will Smith movie that came out four or five, I six robot. years ago? I, Robot. Um, I love that movie. I'm excited by this day that we're going to have robots that are humanoid. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting. And I think we're just going to have to get over our prejudice as we need to still get over our other prejudice right now. So I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for that one. I think that, you know, to kind of add to that, the one thing that if, if anything, as far as being a Star Trek fan sort of later on in my life, that if you haven't seen Measure of a Man, you know, you're definitely missing out in the sense of, you know, that um, that's a, the next generation uh, episode. It's called Measure of a Man. And it really talks about some sort of complex and important ideas that we have to think about. Like, what is artificial intelligence? What is it like to be self-aware? What is What are the requirements for consciousness? And Star Wars doesn't handle those things. Star Wars just sort of presents all these sort of like droids that, that beep and boop. And um, Star Trek really <laughs> handles this idea of like, the closer we get to what Rod's talking about, the more we have to start to consider some of the consequences of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, but you'd, I mean, Star Wars has so many more robots or droids or whatever you want to call them. Whereas Star Trek, I'm a little surprised, someone mentioned this to me not too long ago, how few robots or androids are in the Star Trek future. I, I think that's a, it's a glaring hole. I think there's mm-hmm. going to be a tremendous number of androids. I think it's going to be more like, you know, AI or, uh, or the, the other one that I keep forgetting the damn name. iRobot. Thank you. <laughs> Well, okay, so I, I agree with you guys. I feel like the way that Star Wars handles artificial intelligence in it's not it's not a data, right? It's it's a machine that's got a specific purpose and it does it well and it's a machine that we take with us and we can leave behind and, and, and whatever and it's all integrated, um, is something that probably what we're going to see. However, something like data or or a, a robot or an android that is bordering that line where we can't really tell if it's our friend or, or what its agenda is or if it really can feel, right, which is the whole dilemma, um, it makes it to where the artificial intelligence, as, as the word itself, it, Star Trek kind of wins because they have mastered the fact that now we bo- we're bordering that line. We can't really tell what it is. But if we're using it to our advantage and focusing each thing to do its own job and having more and we can separate that, I feel like wars wins. Yeah. You know, there was a, a really neat um, psychological test that was done. I guess uh, uh, Jonathan Knowles, a friend of mine, told me about this, where they had created this uh, puppy, literally a puppy. It looked like a puppy. It was a robot, obviously, but it looked like a puppy and, and whined like a puppy and barked and stuff like that. And they said, OK, they brought people into the room and say, OK, now pet it, hold it. And the puppy would respond to, to certain things that the people would do. Then they said, crush it. Put it oh. on the ground and crush it. And people couldn't do it. It was a robot, but it looked like a puppy. And when you would crush it, it would whimper and scream. 
And people couldn't do that. The, it, the psychology, like you say, is just going to be amazing when that mm-hmm. happens. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to have people on both sides, extreme both sides, who are trying to protect these, these androids who, who really won't have feeling. And then there's going to be people who are on the other side who, who think they're an abomination and need to get rid of them, kill them all. It's, it's going to be interesting and possibly quite scary. And it could, that's what could be our undoing is our, our general, you know, concern of, you know, even though it's a robot, I, I can't kill that. I can't, I can't destroy something. And maybe that's not, maybe that's a scary thing. And then the big question, which we're, we shouldn't get into here is, you know, what is life? When that android has such a complex uh, program that it is interpreting, just like our bodies, our bodies are programs and, and they're biological machinery. They respond to stimulus. When you've got that sort of detail in a robot that is responding to stimulus with the same sort of way, you know, where, what, is it consciousness? Is it self-awareness? I mean, we're, we're just programs, kind of. So it, that's a great topic so far beyond me. I'd like to hear people <laughs> talk about that. Henry? Well, well, see, I was gonna say that that's gonna be a hard one for all of you guys, the listeners, to decide on who, who you want to give it to. Because you know, I, for this one, I'm gonna revert back to my preteen years when I first saw Star Wars and Star Trek. I first started getting into it. The way I saw, I I, I didn't even know it was called AI, but the way I saw it then, droids, robots, is like like Rod mentioned. Yeah, there weren't that many robots in in uh, on Star Trek. I mean, Spock can kind of be considered. He's very robotic, but he's not an actual robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way I saw it is Star Trek. I mean, uh, Star Wars handles droids more. They treat them more like our maid. They're just there to help <laughs> us. You know, three PO, Golden Rod. He's just there to help to help fix the uh, the Falcon. When once that's fixed, oh yeah, get out of the way. R two, same thing. They they like him and they kind of treat him like like you know like the pet. They still can't. They don't want to see like him get pet. destroyed or when he gets blown up in uh, an Empire. They feel bad because you know who now who's gonna f- help me fix the ship. That's the real reason why they're 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 worried about it because now. Han and Chewie have to do all the work. They're going to have 3PO to help. Star Trek, I've seen him handle it, the, the few robots that are in the episodes and everything that as as part of us. They, they, they We try to treat them as, as equals. And, and I've, I like that about the Star Trek universe is that, that you know, that's, that's kind of the whole message of Star Trek, the series, is let's work together to get, to move forward, to progress into the future. Whatever that is, whatever we're going to be, let's do it together instead of still having the same, hey, he's just helping me out. So, you know, for this one, that's why I want to give it the, the trek on uh, on the AI question. All right. So next question is, which universe has influenced today's filmmakers the most? Well, wait, before we answer that one, I was actually going to go into skip that one because you kind of answered that one. So I, I would, go with Star Wars unless you, you got Drea and, and Rod against you guys want to jump in on that one also yeah no no I just actually not to backtrack too much there's one more episode Measure of a Man um, Next Generation season 6 episode 9 the Exocomps is another good episode I, I can't remember the name of it where they kind of do they, they battle with that question what is life and you know when is a machine just a machine so sorry Oh, it's fair. It's fair. And just to to do my due diligence for Rachel, don't forget that in Star Wars, you may not have good representations of artificial intelligence, but you have good representations of artificial biology with General Grievous and Darth Vader. You see Mm. these cyborgs. So sort of the the combination of human biology and, you know, cybernetics and, and cyborgs. And I think that both Darth Vader and General Grievous, who sadly is not, you know, I wish we just had more 
more of General Grievous because he's such a fascinating <laughs> character. Um, you do have um, this this interesting um, and successful, for the most part, um, representation of how you know robotics and and human biology can work together. And if that's a good start, you know, hell, why why not? Move I towards? overlooked that. That well, I'm so glad you pointed it out. Thank you. And and. and uh, and his uh, hands, uh, sorry, not Han Solo, but Luke Skywalker's mechanical hand. Exactly. Wow. Okay, go ahead. Everybody Great. always forgets about Lobot. He's, he's kind of an android, too. I know. I was going to say Lobot. <laughs> 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 Poor guy. All right. All so right. No, no real answer on that one, huh? No. no that, that, that was a good one. I, mean, that was, I think that was a, Rachel, was that one of yours or was that a listener one? Don't remember. Uh, that one was mine. Okay, so good one there. So again, like I said, you know, the, the next one was which universe has influenced today's filmmakers the most? And, you know, Rachel, you kind of answered that one already. That you know, being Star Wars. I mean, do you guys want to jump in on that one again, or do you agree with Rachel? Yeah, I think I think that you know, if I can defer to Rod, you know, there there has to you know, he actually made this documentary Trek Nation that goes into sort of the inspiration of Star Trek and why fans. Um, you know, have have been so dedicated. And I can't imagine that that doesn't, you know, kind of expand to reach artists and creators and writers and and producers and and folks who are in the entertainment industry. So I'm not in the position to to really comment on that. But I have to imagine that, that, you know, there is, in terms of that creative content, that that there is some inspiration there. Oh, and there is. And I I totally will defend that however i'm saying if if you lined them up and you asked them the majority would say wars yeah yeah well i, I propose to this conversation this show that we're doing here uh, there is a section in trek nation where and that's uh, you know one, for obvious reasons one of my favorite parts i'm sure you doing it was it was your favorite rod is when you actually get to talk to the father of star wars george lucas and he gives yeah. his view on on uh, well go ahead you, you talk about it Rod. no no he was he was very complimentary you know when we reached out to him we never thought we'd get him but uh you know someone on his team responded and said he'd be delighted to do it and of course they said but he only has 20 minutes so we're like okay no that makes sense he's in the middle of he's in the middle of making the the third movie so we got out there um, the minute we sat down with them, I think, you know, I think he was very hesitant. He didn't know what I was going to approach him with. I could just be Gene Roddenberry's son, try to corner him and tell him how bad Star Wars was. Uh, but the minute we sat down and started talking, he ended up giving us, you know, about 45 minutes and it was just a great conversation. And he was so, nothing he said sounded like, um, necessarily sound bites or one-liners that he was just feeding me. It was a great conversation. He, he came off very genuine. Um, there was one question that I really was hoping for a, a more powerful answer on. You know, I, I think we're all searching to understand who we are and whether that's, whether it's later in life and we're figuring out on our own or earlier in life when you're looking at your parents and wondering what, what it was about them and how they influenced you. I was hoping that Star Wars and his vision of Star Wars um, reflected on him and his father and his mother. And he, he I don't want to say evaded the question. He didn't really go down that road um, because, well, I don't know why he didn't go down, but I'm wondering, you know, he says the son redeems the father. That's what he said to us a, a couple of times. And I'm wondering, you know, what in his life um, might have happened, if anything. I, it, it may not have been anything. It might have just been, a simple father and son thing, but I was really, really interested. what influenced it. What influenced it, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, exactly. yeah. I actually I caught that on on in the uh, in Trek Nation where where again you know same with Rod. I don't want to say he evaded the question, but you know he he just gave a quick answer. And he actually referred to to his own son. You know, my son loves Star yeah. Wars and, and all that. And it, I didn't think it was you know he's trying to insult you or anything because that that's kind of you know oh, you no. talked about it before. What do you what you were doing Trek Nation for is to find out about your dad through the fans. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. And and sorry not to plug, but uh, in. July, June or July, we're going to be releasing. The last DVD of Trek Nation that came out um, was something we rushed out for Comic-Con, and it really didn't have any extras. We went into a studio and we quickly did some uh, some director-producer commentary, uh, which probably wasn't that good. Anyhow, we've been since working on it, and we've got tons of extra footage. We've got, like, uh, we cut down um, uh, Lucas's interview to a full, like, 25 minutes to take out all the crap, um, and then Seth MacFarlane and a number of other people. So... Sorry, off topic. Uh, look for that DVD. It's going to be a double disc. There's a lot of great extra stuff. Sorry. Okay, back to the question. No, plug away. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'll say, I'll say definitely. If you haven't seen it yet, definitely go out and get it. Star Trek fan or not, is just a phenomenal documentary. Awesome. Um, what's the question again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are we talking about? With the, the, oh, which? Uh, I actually had a question, but I don't want to derail the one conversation we're on right now. Well, go ahead, throw it out. Uh, Okay, so here's my question for for you guys and the fans out there. And I'm still figuring out how to ask this. So if you needed to follow a leader um, into space or on a ship or into battle out of Solo, Skywalker, Picard, Kirk, and all the other captains, or and you could open up all the other characters as well, uh, Vader, if you want to follow him, which one would you follow and why? If someone had to be the leader of your ship, or the leader of your team, who would it be? I would I pick Obi-Wan. Oh. Ob- Obi-Wan would be my leader. Um, be, A, because he's been through everything. He's been through so much crap. <laughs> he went through the military uh, section with the Clone Wars. He went through all the emotional stuff with having to deal with Anakin and his children. He went through pulling away from everything he knew and loved and, and letting it all go and hiding away just to make sure that, uh, you know, he redeemed his last his last uh, mission, which was to make sure that Luke was OK and, and to bring back um, something of, of the Jedi. Um, and and as a general and, and as a Jedi master, when he led, he was very logical. He, he had the greater good in mind, um, but he cared enough about his people to let the exceptions go. And so if I was going to follow someone, it would be him because even if I had to make a decision that went against whatever it was that we were doing, I know that I could give him the reason why and that it, it would be redeeming that, that he would still say, you did the right thing. Well, wouldn't that be kind of creepy, though? I mean, you know, you're taking a shower, all of a sudden he appears, ah, Obi-Wan, what are you doing in here? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, if it's the younger one, I wouldn't really mind. <laughs> oh. There you go. <laughs> Who's Dre, next? How, how about you? Uh, I was, this is, this may be surprising, but I actually would go with Picard. I just feel safer with Picard. Um, <laughs> it's the I accent, feel, right? It, it is. It's, <laughs> it's that the, um, it's, he has, again, just sort of putting on the psychology hat again. He has both a combination of sort of this resiliency and strength and control and power, but he also has that emotional piece that he's willing to go to bat for you. He, you know, at the end of the day, he will protect you. And I don't know that I can say that for, you know, 
any a lot of characters from either either universes. You know, I, I feel that he is to me the safest, the most rational. Um, he would, you know, if I had the opportunity to captain my own ship, he would approve and and you know and be very respectful and let me go. But at the same time, if I made the decision to, you know, to, to stick to it and, and, and be at his side on his ship, um, we would have, um, a very, very appropriate professional relationship, <laughs> <laughs> but also one that I feel would be very validating and, um, and very exciting. So I don't know, I'm, I'm going to go with Picard on this one. Rod, how about you? Um, well, you, you took it. I was going to let you guys all answer for who was who just spoke, Drea or Rachel? That was Drea. Drea. Oh, Rachel, what did what was your thought? Oh, you went for uh, um, Obi Wan. I had Obi. Yes. All right. Well, Henry. Well, mine. Is, I mean, I've said it many times on the show. Mine it would be Captain James T. Kirk because you know, as a little kid, that's who, that's who I wanted to be more than Luke Skywalker. I mean, I I like that. You know, he, he when he sat when he sits in that chair. He is the Enterprise. He, 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 you know, you want to follow him. And if he says, go through that wormhole, we'll go through that wormhole. Who cares that the, on the other side? We'll take, I'll take on the Gorn. We'll take on the Gorn. Even if he just, you know, gets some dust and whatever, kills him that way. <laughs> uh, that, that's who I want to be. Cause, cause kind of, kind of like, uh, Dre mentioned with Picard, he, he has a little bit of both. He has the, the superhuman, not that he is a, you know, he flies or anything. That's no superpowers, but he has the superhuman elements about him, but he's also human at the same time. And he balances those perfectly in whatever the situation calls for. So that's why I would go with Captain Kirk. Okay. Yeah, my, my answer is not exciting um, because I'm a, I'm a Picard guy as well. I, I would feel safer and I would trust Picard to delegate and listen to the people he's delegated to and search for a diplomatic solution, even though that's not necessarily great sci-fi and can be boring sometimes. Uh, real life, I would rather be on Picard's ship than especially Kirk's and... I don't know. Han Solo is also too much of a cowboy for me. So <laughs> I love that about him. <laughs> well, he's fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. Love Han Solo to watch. I just I'm glad I'm doing it on the other side of the TV screen. <laughs> Plus, he's a scoundrel. You don't know if he's going to, you know, give you up or what's he going to Oh, do? I wouldn't bring my women near any of them except maybe <laughs> the <car>. Jesus. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, that's a great question. I love it. So we're going to start wrapping it up here. These these last ones are from you guys, actually, from uh, all your listeners. Uh, a few of you, uh, and you've had these conversations. I've, I've seen them. I've heard them at, at conventions. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, which universe has benefited more from retellings? And for Star Wars, I would include the special editions, the prequels. For Star Trek, obviously, J.J.'s 2009 and now Into Darkness. So which, which, which one of these universes has benefited from retellings of the stories? It's a really good question. No idea. It's- this one's not fair because I have to give it to Trek and everyone's going to hate me for that. But as much as I love the prequels, because I do, and I will defend them to everyone, um, the new Star Trek, I Even think, episode one? I love episode one and you know that. <sighs> yes, I love all of them. But the new Star Trek has, I think, has brought a whole lot more people into liking Star Trek or admitting it and all of that um, than the prequels did. The prequels brought in a new generation, the younger generation. It, it, it tied it in where they started watching Clone Wars and, and brought all of them in. But I personally know more people that now will say, yes, I like Star Trek, where they would have never before because of the J.J. Abrams movies. 
Whereas the prequels, I'm always defending Star Wars of them. <laughs> so, yeah. I can't answer that, guys. I, I, I need to think a bit more. Someone else has got to answer. <laughs> Drea, jump I, in. Yeah, I, th- I think it's tough because, um, you know, here we, we start talking about the new Star Trek movies. Um, and I think that there's this sort of like cyclical sort of, I guess, pattern with Star Trek where, you know, Star Trek has been around longer. We have this, these characters that just must stay in the narrative. And so sadly, we, I say sadly, because those of us who, who know some of the Star Trek stories, sometimes the stories are being revisited and re-envisioned. And some fans really like that and, and feel, you know, sort of satisfied and nostalgic about it and they're enjoying the last couple of films some folks are ready for new stories and new adventures and i think that star wars um if i can say is better at this in creating new stories and giving us more backstories more histories more development but not retelling um relationships and stories that we kind of already know about to the point where some of the same quotes and some of the same scenarios are being reused. And again, some people love this sort of, you know, it, it absolutely respects and glorifies and honors these, you know, very important characters from Star Trek and the very important relationships they had. But, you know, I'm just, I'm very much sort of wanting more creative relationships and stories. We, these original stories existed. We know where to find them. They are fantastic in their original form. Let's have some, some newness and creativity. Rod, are you ready? I'm going to jump in. No, I mean, I, I don't, I don't have much on this cause I'm really struggling. I, um, you know, Star Trek until these new movies really was a, um, I, I certainly don't want to say withering audience, but you know, the people who are diehard Trek fans are, you know, are in their 30s and 40s and 50s and plus. And it was, it's been really hard for Star Trek to get the younger audience. Um, these new movies, I, I haven't paid attention to the numbers. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. I think these new movies are doing a lot for bringing in a younger audience. Um, the question is, what are they bringing this new audience into? Are they bringing them into a Star Trek that is more like Star Wars and therefore doesn't have the same social impact as you mm. know, the original series did? Or are, or are they bringing them in and, and are they causing these, these kids, I'll call them, to go back and look at the other shows and actually get somewhat influenced or inspired? Um, so I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know is the answer. I don't know. I, I hope Star Trek is bringing the people in. But what, what is it bringing them into? I'm, I'm curious about that. Yeah, I'm on board with with that one also. And Andrea, what she was saying also is that yeah, the you know it's a fun movie, uh, really fun movie. Both of them, Into Darkness and the original, uh, the 2009 Star Trek. Uh, the the prequels, they they didn't take away or add anything. They just made the fans that were already there. They made them bigger fans. And the new like like my son, he was only three or four at the time. You know, he he loves even more because he got to experience you know going to midnight screenings and everything with dad. So so it did, it didn't you know and it didn't really change the story too much the Star Trek like Rod just would just say and, and, and Rod I think you and I long time ago when um no I'm not gonna go there no then the galaxy far far away uh, but <laughs> when we first started the uh, the show back in 2010 I think it was when you first came on to talk about Trek Nation uh, the, the 2009 Star Trek had just come out and and, and we talked about that actually at the end that. Mm-hmm. It, we you know it was a fun movie like I said but it, but it it didn't it didn't speak to us um, well me especially as a real 
diehard Star Trek fan from the original, that wasn't the same Kirk that I was used to. I mean, uh, uh, at the very end, you know, when when they decided to just fire everything at, at Nero and, instead of yeah. offering him help or whatever, that's that's not the Kirk we remember. And I know that's part of the marketing. You know, it's not your dad's Star Trek, but like you said, Rod, and I agree completely with that. Is what are you, what are you giving them? What what kind of Star Trek are you giving this new audience? Is it a uh, a, a Star Wars like Star Trek, or is it going to be a new Star Trek? Because so, you know all those a lot of the things that that were touched touched on in the original series, Next Generation, most of the series and most of the the following series and some of the movies, but most, mainly the TV series, it, a lot of the, a lot of that stuff, technology included, has become reality. And yeah. with, with Star Wars, and we're still waiting for the lightsabers and everything. But most of most of the stuff in, in Star Trek has become reality. And so, yeah. what are the movies going to give you? Is it just going to be a fun popcorn movie, or will there be messages? And you know, whoever, because I'm sure JJ probably won't be able to do the next one because of Star Wars. Whoever takes it on, how do you balance? You know, for the for for the studios bringing in the audience, but not boring them when they're in there. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm with you. And, and here, if I could just jump in with what I hope the new movies will do based on what I've seen and what I'm taking out of them is, uh, you know, I've given, oh God, forgiveness is not the right word. I really liked both movies. I really genuinely liked both movies. The, the issues that I had with the first one, which were relatively minor, and I'm very forgiving. Um, I'm just not diehard and I'm not going to pull any of these movies apart until I can deliver a script to them that's better than theirs. Um, so I got to put my money where my mouth is. And right now I know I can't do that. So I got to give, uh, the writers tremendous credit for both movies. Um, the first one, I, 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 it took me a while, but I got it. You know, it's a young Kirk and a young Spock. And I know that sounds obvious, but they're brash. They're making, um, impulsive decisions. They're not always making the right decisions. They're willing to hit the, they're willing to shoot all the torpedoes, you know, um, this, this last one. It was a real development of their characters where, you know, and it, the whole movie was that way. Um, Pike was chastising Kirk right at the beginning, saying, you know, you're doing things you don't think the rules apply to you. And through this last movie, I think sort of matured, um, not just as a Starfleet officer, but as a person and what it mm-hmm. means to be a person of that future. So in the end, even though, you know, it's a bit of a monologue, they have that great speech about not going into that, not going into darkness and being that better human and being that better person. And so the minute I saw that, it made me, anything else I may not have liked in the most recent Star Trek movie, I loved it. The minute it was sort of about that, being that better human being, that was what made this Star Trek worthwhile to me. You can pick apart so many other things. You know, why did they go with Khan? Not that they did, I hate to give out a spoiler, it could have been someone else, this John Harrison guy. Um, but uh, this I, audience knows by now. Go ahead and spoil all you. Okay, know. okay. Well, yes, I think I just did. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really enjoyed it for that reason, and that's all I'll say. Okay, so again, wrapping it up again. This one kind of kind of tied into the, the the last one we just asked is which universe will still be around twenty years from now and actually still matter. That's easy. I think Star- that's easy too. Star Trek. Star Wars. Star Wars. Oh my God. Star <laughs> no, no. I'm I'm actually going to say both like this is wishful thinking both should be around and yeah. and for yeah. the same reasons i've been saying before that you know star wars is this you know this universe of action adventure of you know self actualization of inspiring individuals to really go after their dreams it has this this element that no other science fiction has and it's nostalgic and so i i think that star wars has has you know those elements that 
that Star Trek doesn't have. But also Star Trek should be around because, again, as Rod was saying, this is an inv- potentially a vision of our future and reminding us of really important psychological, political, social themes that we cannot forget about. And for that reason, you know, I, I would actually, this is going to be lame, but I'm going to stand on the, on the border and say we need both. Uh, I agree with you 100%. I'll quickly jump in and say it depends on what JJ does. I have complete faith that he'll do something amazing with Star Wars. But if he, in some way, were to do something that people did not like, it might really harm Star Wars' future. But I agree with you 100%. Yeah, and now, before we continue, Rod, I'm going to let you go because you got to take another call. I want to thank you for coming on with us and taking the time to you know talk Star Trek versus Star Wars. Oh, my pleasure, guys. My pleasure. And, and was it, Drea, what was that line again? Oh, gosh. Um, I think I said that Star Wars helps us to forget and Star Trek makes us remember. Yes. Beautiful. That's... <laughs> That's my takeaway. Uh, so Rod is a he, Roddenberry Entertainment. Roddenberry.com. You guys can go there, go to our link section. It's all in there for you. Find out what's going on with Roddenberry Entertainment. And also, I, I'm subscribed to the uh, Roddenberry Transmitter. On there was a story. So let me give you the congratulations. You and your wife are expecting your first child. So congratulations yes. on that, Rod. Aww, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do haven't I, Do already... I call him Luke or Kirk? I can't decide. <gasps> Ooh, you might have to do both. Let's take a vote. <laughs> I think we'll stay away from, from Star Trek or Star Wars names. Henry's a nice, kids. strong name, I hear. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so, so again, Rod Roddenberry, thanks a lot for coming on, and you know, you're welcome back anytime. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks, Rod. All right, bye. Okay, so I, I'm going to agree. I know we're all agreeing with each other here, but that's what happens. Um, and I think that both will be around. Um, and the, the end part of that question, and actually matter, Um I, I feel like Star Trek has had this thing where, you know, it, it existed to begin with and they did, you know, a bunch of the TV shows. And then, you know, to Rod's point, the fan base is getting older and they're not necessarily adding a whole lot of new until just recently. But, you know, it's, it still has that element. Whereas with Star Wars, we were talking about we're adding generation after generation, you know, with prequels, with Clone Wars, with now now with this whole Disney thing. Um, so I think, and actually matters a funny way to word it, but I think that Star Wars will still have more of a pull 20 years from now. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think they both still will be around 20 years from now. And I think they actually both will matter. I mean, the only one Star Trek, not because of like, like Rod said, because something that JJ may do with Star Wars or Star Trek, but because hopefully when we get. 20 years from now when we get closer to that future we it may be you know more like what star trek has shown us i mean we already have you know the smartphones are the, our version of communicators maybe mm-hmm. we'll be able to you know transport from one place to another those of you again who live in la new york you, you're waiting for that because you, you hate yeah. those hour-long commutes <laughs> <Yes>. every time <laughs> that would be nice i needed that yesterday yeah and, and also especially Hopefully, we will be going, you know, where no man has gone before and exploring Mars and Jupiter and beyond. So, you know, will Star Trek be relevant? It might, it might look old by, by then because we we've actually colonized Mars or, or colonized the moon or something else. But they both add something to the culture, something to technology, obviously, something to, to, to who we are as people. I mean, how many times, and, and Rachel and you and I have talked about this, how many times do we say just at work, just, you know, something that comes up? May the force be with you. Even in meetings with CEOs, uh, yeah. instead of saying, hey, good luck. Hey, may the force be with you. And everybody knows exactly what you mean. That's right. 
with this, on the Star Trek side, same thing. When you, instead of saying "May the Force be with you," when you say "Live long and prosper," everybody knows exactly what that means too. So they're all they're both going to be around, I think. So and they will matter uh, twenty years from now. So that's Star Trek versus Star Wars, or Star Wars versus Star Trek, whichever you prefer. We're going to leave it up to you guys again. Thanks to Rod for coming on, Andrea. Thank you for coming on, but don't go anywhere. We're still going to talk a little bit. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it up for this whole week. You guys decide. Who made the better points? Uh, you know that that AI one is uh, going to be a tough one to, to judge for you, even for you guys. Uh, and we'll, in a couple of we- or a week from now, we'll decide who won this one, and we'll let you let you all know. So um, this isn't part of the Star Trek versus Star Wars. I just wanted to know Rod had to go. Um, Dre, I'm, I'm assuming you watched the Into Darkness this weekend. I did. What did you think? Well, you know, I think in fairness, I probably have to see it again just to kind of process everything that happened. Um, but, you know, kind of to, to relate back to what I was saying before, there were some moments, and this might be spoiler heavy, but there were some moments that I think were revisited. And, and they weren't, I mean, there were a lot of moments that actually weren't even rewritten much. They, they were redone, revisited um, in a way that was a, a nice nod to Star Trek fans. But I think you walking away from that, I felt like not enough of it was creative. It was relying a lot on on, you know, an emotional appeal, if you will. Like, again, coming from, putting on that psychology hat, there is that, you know, if, if you have seen Wrath of Khan, Star Trek II, um, with the original Kirk and Spock, that scene at the end um, where they have this this dialogue and, and Spock dies is one of the most emotional, one of the most, um, I think, groundbreaking, impactful scenes. And to, I felt, I mean, I'm going to be honest here, I felt quite manipulated to reuse that scene, like maybe do it in a different way, but to reuse that scene today, to me, as a fan, as an audience member, I just felt emotionally manipulated. I did not feel that it was authentic. I felt that it was a smart re-envision of it, but I could have, I could have, I think, I would have appreciated something a little bit more creative and new. I'm going to agree with you on that point as well. Like I, I felt it was a little forced and I, and, and I am one that I love the, the nods to the fans. You know what I mean? I'm the one cheering saying, yes, thank you. And, and that kind of thing. But, um, I felt the same way, kind of like, okay, like we have to do this. It's, it's kind of cool cause it's referencing, but whatever. But I had a friend yesterday tell me that that scene was their favorite part of the, the new movie that what? it made, that it made them cry in the what? theater, that it impacted them so much that they want to see it again because they want to cry again. So I, here we go. Here's the end of the spectrum again. Some of us right. are like, okay, you know, whatever. And some, some of them, the, the new ones that maybe, you know, aren't referencing as much as of the original as we are, are going, oh my God, that was such an emotional connection. This friend of yours, is it a he or she? <laughs> does it matter? Does it Gender matter? does not matter, Henry. I no, don't I just, know why you're going. No, there. I just want to say, <laughs> I just want to address him, him or her correctly. Has, has he or she did she watch or she watched the original Wrath of Khan? It's a good question. Um, he has. So what? I don't know. I don't know how long ago impact? it was, but yeah. Well, see, because and Rachel, you and I talked about it. As a matter of fact, yet last night. Uh, Rachel texted me and said, you know, what are the plans for today's show? And I said, I'll tell you in a second because I'm walking out of Star Trek Into Dark. I had to see it twice. Uh, the first time, uh, and, you know, I revealed uh, a week ago, I had actually seen it, you know, for with journalists. So it wasn't the same impact as, as, as with, with us, with our people. When I went, 
on uh, on Friday, uh, Friday night to watch it. Um, I, I I knew it was coming, obviously, but 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 I, I I watched the crowd's reaction more than anything, and I that you know it's turned into the episode three no moment when the con moment, Spock's con <laughs> moment. Uh, my theater was half and half, you know, and I I judge the audience when the, when the theater starts when um. Uh, if they start cheering because the bad robot logo comes on, I know I'm with the right audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't have that on Friday night, but they did cheer. They did, you know, laugh at the right moments. That one, yeah, there were a couple of giggles in, in front, and yeah, but but the, the theater was silent when that happened. Oh, that's awkward. Yeah, and, and and to me, what I thought of Star Trek Into Darkness, the reason why I had to see it twice is because the first time, uh, well technically the second time but the first time i saw it i, I was disappointed with, with with the whole thing because mm-hmm. you remember rachel we had nicholas meyer on a couple times the last time he was on the you know the rumors were already going around it's going to be con it's going to be con mm-hmm. i asked him you know if if they do redo wrath of con how would you feel and you know he was being funny he said oh i hope not intellectually but you know he's a big friend good friend and big fan of jj so am i no secret i would expect more not just jj but damon lindelof kurtzman and, and orky and all of them to be more creative than that. The, the beauty of the 2009 Star Trek was you could take it anywhere you want. Right. Why would you touch the Empire Strikes Back of the Star Trek movies and redo that one? And almost, you know, uh, what do you call it? Phrase for phrase, line for line, scene for scene. You, you know, know what, though? Just a couple of characters. It's a fine line because, like, like we were just saying before, there's people that want the reference, you know, to the originals. And there's people that want the new. And it goes back and forth. And no matter what J.J. did... People would be angry, just like no matter what Lucas did with the prequels, people were going to be angry. But so, that's but that's exactly what Drea was saying. Is you know that's that putting that scene in there is like taking a big bat that has reference printed on it and hitting you over the head with it. It's like hello, here, here it is. You know, I wonder, Henry, do you think that they, you know, they assumed that the people that knew the reference would, you know, feel sort of would cheer and feel grateful and that there would be more audience members that actually didn't know about this. I don't know. I'm just trying to make sense of it. Well, and I that think, this, this scene is like new to them. I, I think they were going for kind of like what Rod mentioned one of the answers a few minutes ago. They're trying to get the younger audience in here and they're assuming that Paramount also obviously is assuming that that younger audience probably has seen Wrath of Khan somewhere, but it didn't have the same impact that it did on, mm-hmm. on you know, like, like my generation. And so mm-hmm. they're giving them that. And, you know, it, it, I, I honestly, it kind of, it's kind of like a slap in the face to me because I've been there and you know, I've been a fan all this time. And it's kind of like, kind of like um, in comic books when the new 52 started and now the Marvel now movement, it's kind of like the, the fans that have been there from day one, all of a sudden, okay, everything that, you know, forget it. Cause you're old. And now we're going to go with the new shiny audience that we have over here. It's kind of what I got from Star Trek into darkness. That's fair. Uh, yeah. I kind of have to agree with you now. And the other thing also is, and I was telling Rachel right before we started uh, recording the show, I could almost see the moment where, cause the movie started out fine. I mean, the, the plot is nothing at all like wrath of Khan at all in the beginning. Right. But when it gets to the point where what's his name? Robocop, Admiral Marcus sends Kirk out to get, um, get Khan, or we don't know he's Khan yet, but to get Khan. Right. It almost seemed, you can almost hear that was the day JJ walked in and said, Hey, we got Star Wars. Who cares about this? Let's just go paint by numbers, get it done, and let's go on. That, well, that's what you, it you, felt like to me. Yeah. What I, what I felt like when I walked out of that was, I mean, don't get me wrong. If, if you haven't seen this movie and you're still listening, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a fun, uh, 
action-packed movie. I was in awe. I mean, visually, it's so fantastic. The story, you know, even though I know that it's it's taking components of, of an original story and kind of reimagining it, and these are characters that already exist, blah, blah, blah. This is still a fantastic movie. It's still yes. worth seeing in the theaters. It's still, you know, a geek movie if people are worried that, oh, it's sold out or whatever. Um, in it's that, still a good experience. Metaphor. Yes, it's a fantastic story. It's a fantastic you know, movie in, in terms of all that stuff. But, you know, I walked out thinking this is, this is Star Trek as, as written by a Star Wars fan. Like I was, I was entertained and I had fun and I was, you know, enjoying all the, the space battles and the explosions and, and the fun characters. And, and that to me has that Star Wars feeling, not that Star Trek feeling. So and that is why Star Wars wins. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Good job, Drea. Yes. <laughs> Well, I mean, honestly, let me ask you this, um, you two especially, because you are big Star Wars fans. Now, having seen Into Darkness, how do you feel about what may be coming in 2015? I, I'm excited. I mean, I was excited before when it was JJ, but regardless, we, we were just kind of on the negative end with, with this last movie for Star Trek. I, I'm actually really, really excited. It was gorgeous. Um, it, it took a movie that was action after action after action and still pulled story along with it. It, uh, there was excessive lens flares and I liked it. I'm, I'm really excited and there better be Tatooine Suns with dual lens flares or I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm actually staying away from reading too much about what's coming up with the new Star Wars movie and, you know, trying not to, to get too, I I guess, like, I don't want to get wrapped up in in the drama of, you know, who's on board and who's not and what's the story going to be. Um, but I'm excited too. I I think that, I think that it's promising. I mean, um, if you just take a baseline, this last Star Trek movie was really great. And I think that this means really great things for Star Wars. On the other hand, you know, I, I just, I maybe just have this in the back of my mind, just this, this little concern that there may be too much of the kind of the fan nods of Star Wars that it may overtake the really good story that should be told. So I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's just a minor concern that's, you and, know, in the and back it's of my- valid. Uh, and, and as a huge, huge fan, obviously, all of you guys know, and as someone being really into what the story is going to be, and I've read the expanded universe and I, I already know where we're going. I don't think that's going to happen, and I'm I'm confident that that the story is going to be good. See, and again, I gotta I gotta also say this, and Dre, I, I shouldn't have to make an appointment with you, but I think I, I gotta go multiple personalities <laughs> on this, and I see Into Darkness as first as a Star Trek fan, and then just as a a movie fan, just a plain regular movie fan. As a Star Trek fan, a little disappointing, little insulting, quite honestly, but as mm-hmm. a movie fan. That's how I saw it last night when I went again because I went because I threw everything out, you know, all the Wrath of Khan and everything. I threw everything out and just went in there and saw it as a movie. Phenomenal movie. It's something that I would want to watch over. Kind of like the Avengers, not 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 as fun, but but same same kind of uh, you know nonstop action. And when it does mm-hmm. pause, it actually has a reason that it's moving the story along. And then we get to the next set piece. So right, right, great movie. But you know, again, as a Star Trek fan, kind of disappointing as a Star Trek fan and as a J.J. fan, J.J. Damon, Drea, uh, uh, you said a minute ago, and, and, and it's true. We're not just saying that just to say it. They are Star Wars guys. No no big secret. J.J., huge Star Wars fan. Damon Lindelof, same thing. The only Star Trek fan there is, is uh, Orky, Roberto Orky. He's one of the writers. Kurtzman is a big Star Wars fan. Um, 
but he's he's educated them on on what Star Trek is all about. But you know, it's still kind of Star Warsian kind of kind of Star Trek. Uh, mm-hmm. And again, as a Star Trek fan, you know, kind of insulting that kind of kind of like you know with comic book um, with the New Fifty Two and the the Marvel Now movements that are going on now. Kind of the same thing, you know. And I hear it every time, every Wednesday when I go get comic books. I hear the, the conversations with the people there. Well, I guess they don't care about me. They don't want me as customers anymore. And a lot of them actually have stopped buying the comic books because of that. And I'm afraid that I hope it doesn't happen. But I'm afraid that JJ may be doing that to old Star Trek fans who've been there from from the '60s, even like Rod mentioned. And you know, they're they're gonna he's gonna alienate them with this new Star Trek or whoever takes over once JJ moves over to Star Wars. I don't know. I, I think the fans, the diehards are going to be diehards and the wishy-washy people aren't going to care. And either way, both of them are going to be around and, and I'm excited for episode seven. Yeah, aren't we all? Yeah, yeah, honestly, you know, and I've, I, like I said, I've said it many times, I'm an equal equal opportunity fanboy with both Star Wars and Star <laughs> Trek. I know about warp nasals and I also know about, you know, the, the Corellium blood stripe on Han's pants. So I, I'm, there, there, you I'm go. there for both. So, so there you go. That's our Star Trek versus Star Wars special. Thanks again to Rod Roddenberry, CEO of Roddenberry Entertainment, Roddenberry.com. You guys can go on there and find out what's going on. A lot of things happening. Uh, he's got something with the 1701. Go on there. It's right on the right on the homepage. You'll find out what that is. And again, you know, congratulations to him and his wife, Heidi. They're expecting their first son, who they're probably going to name Henry. I said it's a strong <laughs> Uh, and a big thanks to Drea for being on my team. Yes. Thank you. Such a pleasure to hang out with you guys and chat about all things geek. Yeah, I was going to say, you're actually a real doctor. You're also, this is what makes you the real geek. You're actually Barbara Gordon's psychologist. You see, who else can say that? Yes, I am. So, folks, if you haven't checked out Batgirl number 16, or actually, as of last week, Batgirl number 20, um, I do appear as a, well, at, sort of as myself, as a clinical psychologist who's treating Barbara Gordon um, in, um, well, what we consider Gotham City's best mental health facility. And um, I don't want to give too much away, but if you haven't checked it out, it's really, you know, it's entertaining, but I also say it's, it's a really, you know, I'm grateful and so thankful to, to Gail Simone, who's written me into this comic book, into this major DC comic title, but also to really represent and write mental health treatment in such a realistic, um, you know, way that I, I simply cannot say thanks enough to DC comics and to Gail for doing that. And speaking of the best mental facility, uh, at Arkham Asylum Doc, you guys follow her adventures there. I was telling uh, Rachel, you guys are almost clones of each other there because every, <laughs> every other tweet is, oh, look what I got from her universe. And that's what I kept telling you. You, you got to be friends with her. She's just, she's just like you. So you guys can follow, follow her adventures there at Arkham Asylum Doc on Twitter. And you will have a lot of fun reading those tweets. I guarantee it. So again, Drea and Rod, he had to go, but Rod, he, he can hear me also. Thanks for coming on. You guys are welcome back anytime to talk Star Trek, Star Wars, anything you want. Like, like you said, Drea, just geek out with us. Thanks. So now it's in you guys' hands. You guys decide who made the better points. Was it Team Trek, Rod Roddenberry, myself, or was it Team Wars, Rachel and Drea? You guys decide again, like I said, and send us an email. Got a couple of special emails just for this show. If you think Rod and myself made the better points, send your email to trek at thegeekspeakshow.com. If you thought Drea and Rachel made the better points, send it to wars 
at thegeekspeakshow.com. Pretty simple. And just, uh, you know, you don't have to give us your name or anything. Just your email name will suffice because it's on there anyway. But go ahead and send it on there. We'll have Joel be the unbiased judge, tally it up. And next week, they'll tell you exactly who won Star Trek or Star Wars. Next week, they is... Joel will be here. I'm going to take a break just because I need one. Rachel's going to take a break also just because she needs one also. So we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Next week, it will be Joel and our new comics commentator, Mark Doris. He'll do more than commentate on comics. He'll probably do that too. But he'll talk about some other stuff, some other cool geek things going on, whatever that is. Uh, I think there's a movie about Earth and has Will Smith and his son. They'll probably talk about that. One of the Smiths will probably come on the show. So as we say every week, Rachel and I won't. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. But... Joel and Mark Doors, they, if they were here, they'd say, come on back next week and we'll speak more geeks. See ya. The Geek Speak Show will be back next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, follow them on Twitter at Geek Speak Show 1. That's the number one. Become a fan on Facebook. Subscribe on iTunes. Watch special event coverage and the Geek Speak Video Show on YouTube slash Geek Speak Videos. And listen to past shows in the archive section on thegeekspeakshow.com. A big thank you to the Geek Speak Show's content providers. GeekTyrant.com, Collider.com, Ramascreen.com, and Mightyville.com. The Geek Speak Show.